Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. Episode 16. The 49ers are finally in the win column. They are three and four and very much alive in the wild card race. Had they lost this game, we'd probably have to stick a fork in them, but they didn't. They beat a bad Bears team in Chicago. Uh, I was in attendance and I did not lose my voice this time because I wasn't yelling as much because the Niners are actually doing things correctly this week. Leo, what's going on, buddy? Hey, I'm glad to hear that uh, because last week I, you pushed through it. Um, I could tell it was a tough time, but hey, 49ers won. Let's go, baby. We're back on this train, a half game out of the playoff push for that three seed. And who knows if they do end up being that, or excuse me, I should say third wild card seed. And if they do play that third wild card seed, they would be looking at maybe the Rams or Cardinals or, you know, basically a familiar face. But how I look at it is it's a familiar face. Um, that you're going to see for a third time of the season, and you just never know what's going to happen. Look at the, the Buccaneers last year. They were 0-2 against the Saints, saw the familiar face in the playoffs, and then won. Uh, you know, this is way too – this is week nine, so I'm not going to predict that. But, hey, I, I like where they're at right now. Could be a whole lot worse. It could just be a, you know, complete farm sale at this point like the Denver Broncos. But they're not doing that. Let's go. Yeah, they aren't selling. I don't think the Niners are selling, and I don't think they're going to be big buyers today. I don't think they're buying anything at all, but um, it would be nice if they did buy something small, something for depth. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, Again, I was in Chicago for this game. The 49ers came out slow, which was very, very frustrating against a bad Chicago team, right? So, yes, the Niners did win the game, and Jimmy Garoppolo played okay. I'm not going to buy into the whole thing. He played great. He played okay. Um, up until that Debo Samuel 83-yard screen, it was very, very basic stuff from Jimmy Garoppolo and this 49ers offense. You know, to only score nine points going into halftime against a bad Bears defense is concerning. Um, at one point, you saw Trey Lance warming up on the sideline before halftime. So there was probably... Talk to me about that. I didn't catch that part. He so, was, like, legit helmet on, throwing? Helmet or on, helmet off? Up. Like, what was helmet going on. on? Helmet on, throwing warming up on the sideline. I was on the Niners side for this game and you can see it. There was, there was, it was tight. The Niners looked tight. Like, you know, you, you only have, you miss the field goal when you, on your first drive, 13 plays, your second drive, seven plays, you get a field goal. Um, and then they come right back. The the bears do. And Justin Fields, by the way, is magnificent. He's electric. This kid's going to be really good. Once he figures it out, um, right. he has all the tools that you need. And that's why I liked him so much in this draft. The Niners go up, the Niners are down 3-10, to 10, then they get another eight-play drive, another stalled offensive drive um, for a field goal. Now it's 6-10, to 10. Bears come back with another field goal, and then before the half, the Niners make that, you know, they have a couple plays there to get, in, to get into uh, field goal range and then stall out after the big Debo Samuel play, um, which, is, which is kind of annoying. It's like, just get in the end zone. This Bears defense isn't that good. Like, it just really wasn't that good. Um, so to have the first half of just nine points, nine to 13, is concerning. However, um, before yesterday's game, the Niners were 0-12 when trailing at half. So they finally have a comeback win in the last 13 games. So this is where this 49ers team has been over the last 20, 20 plus games. It's just mm-hmm. they have not been a team that can come back and rally and, and, and create and you know pull off a comeback win. They did that against a bad Bears team. So they get credit for that. But the offense in the first half was atrocious. It really was. It wasn't that great. There was a couple of really good plays by Elijah Mitchell. Jimmy had some really good throws. The third down completion to Sanu. The third down completion to, or the second down completion to um, Debo Samuel. 
um, moving out of the pocket well. So he he played okay, but to say he played great would be an overstatement. I just don't. I didn't buy that at all. There was a point in the game I was just like, "What are we doing at this point? Like, why are we continuing to bash our head into a wall?" You know, most 49ers fans probably felt that in the first half. Like, what is going on? Right? Like, mm-hmm. why aren't we why aren't we able to score against this bad Bears team? Yes, the Bears tightened up in their red zone and things like that, but you have better players. Like, your offensive players are better than their de- than their defensive players, and there were just too many missed opportunities early on. Penalties again an issue. Niners had seven penalties yesterday on Sunday, excuse me. But for, for, for Jimmy to not even get hit or sacked once, like you have to, you got to put points on the board, man. And you got Arizona coming. We talked about this. We've talked about this since week two, starting slow against good teams is not going to help you. Guess what? Arizona comes to town. The Rams come to town. Those two teams lead the division. You're not going to be able to maintain you're not going to be able to score with those guys if you start off each game with nine points, right? Yeah, I agree completely. The, the starting off slow is it's been the Achilles heel of this team. If they don't start off slow against the Packers, who knows what happens? If they don't start off slow against the Cardinals, who knows what happens? And you, you see the common denominator there. Um, but, hey, I'm just happy the 49ers won. I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he, he was good uh, enough. He got the job done. Um I don't want to say he was great because uh, I just because our expectations for Jimmy Garoppolo kind of floored out. Um, we don't want to just be like, oh, he was great now. Um, what he was was going to Outback and you order a steak, uh, a nice $30 steak. The steak's good. The steak got the job done. Um, it met expectations and, you know, you're good. But is it a steak from Ruth Chris? No, it's not. Um, is it a steak from any other maybe local steak restaurant in your area? Mm, probably not. But is it something that you chalk up as a dub? You know, $30 steak, this is a win. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's what Jimmy Garoppolo was on Sunday to where it wasn't horrible. It didn't lose them the game. It was... Honestly, he wasn't even the reason why they had a slow start in the first half, in my opinion. There was a lot left out by the other factors on that offensive, like Debo Samuel had quite a few drops on that first drive. Um, You know, there are some things within the offensive line. But I think it was – if Jimmy Garoppolo plays like that, this team could be, I guess, a little more like 2000 – like, I feel cringy saying that, but I I guess – they could be a little more like 2019 as far as he's playing good enough to keep them in the win column yeah. rather than, you know, keeping them at a, second you know, half Jimmy Garoppolo, not first half, second half Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Yes. So if he could play like that, I do believe this team can go on a run. It just, it just comes down to, okay, how much of second half Jimmy Garoppolo are we going to see in this game? Well, I think first half, also did have some good things as well. He had the he took the deep shot to Debo Samuel. Yeah. He didn't take the you know the check down. Um I would also like to know that was a great play by Debo Samuel because he used his body leverage, much like someone we've always compared him to, Anquan Bolden would do in that situation, basically box out the cornerback and it, it's just you and, and the football at that point. But Jimmy Garoppolo put it in a position to where Debo Samuel was able to use that body control. Um, 
And like I said, the wide receiver dropped. So I don't think it was completely a terrible first half from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it was a collective miss efforts. Um, so if he could play like he did on Sunday, I, I really do believe this team could go on a run. It might be outstretched to say the division just because they're three games behind in the loss column and even four games behind in the win column. So, you know, there's some ground to make up and I don't, if this isn't baseball, this isn't basketball, the amount of games is a lot thinner. So it's just so hard to come back when you're four behind in the win column and three behind in the loss column. So, you know, let get in the playoffs and, and see what happens. Get to the dance and who knows when if you pull the, the prettiest girl on the dance floor or the, the prettiest or I guess most handsome guy on the dance floor, um, vice versa. But let's just see what happens. I, you know, a lot of people didn't have the Buccaneers, you know, going to the big, you know, show last season after they had to play three road games, but they did. So just get, you know, I'm always going to say just get to the dance and see what happens. Yeah, just get to the playoffs, and that's that's what the Niners need to do. They need to get to the playoffs. So I'll shoot Jimmy Jimmy some bail, um, or the offense some bail. They had three explosive plays in the first half, twenty seven yard run um, from Elijah Mitchell, which was Elijah Mitchell was outstanding. We'll get to him in a second. Um, and then two explosive passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the best pass, and it's not even the 50-yard bomb to Debo. I think it was the one to Brandon Ayuk that I posted on my timeline um, where he evades pressure, works his way out, scramble drill with a Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Wheels is what we called him in the stands. Um, he hits Brandon Ayuk for a 23-yard gain. Brandon Ayuk works his way back to Jimmy Garoppolo and then gets some yards after the catch. So that was a really big play in a big spot. And then Jimmy Garoppolo follows it back up with a 16-yard pass to Debo Samuel. Um, but again, these drives stall out, and you end up with a field goal. So it's just like you have these two huge gains in that one drive, and to only get three is frustrating. And it's it's the incomplete passes, right? Like some of them, again, with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is not an accurate quarterback. Like, like we can just get that out of the picture now. He just, and it's not helping his receivers out either. So some of these drops are on the receivers and some of them are on the quarterback. So you ha- you can't have all these drops. You had a drop from Ayuk. You had a drop from Juwan Jennings or something's too high or too behind and things like that. And that's that's what's causing a lot of these these things to stall out um, in these games. But Jimmy played, Jimmy started to warm up, you know, towards the end of that first half. But he had some really good drives. He had some really good passes. There were some really good things from his throws. That the one to Ayuk and then the one to Debo next was really good. Um, Elijah Mitchell has earned himself a really good spot in history. Elijah Mitchell is the first 49er rookie with 100 plus rushing yards in two straight games since Billy Kilmer in 1961. And then there is another really unique stat here. Elijah Mitchell has surpassed Ricky Waters. 397 yards in 1992 for the most rushing yards by a 49er running back in their last in their first five career games since 1970. Elijah Mitchell's a stud, and that's another sixth round gem. Someone said he looks like Garrison Hurst. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm there. No, I'm I'm not there. I I Garrison Hurst was a to me it was a little more of a power running back and not the the elusiveness that Elijah Mitchell shows. I, I just think Elijah Mitchell's a little more shifty in that mark than a Garrison Hurst. Uh, Garrison Hurst seems a little more, from what I remember, this is, wow, this is years ago. Like, you have me going back, you know. Long time ago. Long time ago. Uh, Garrison Hurst was just, you know, more straight line than, than anything from what I remember. Yeah, Garrison wasn't, I mean, he was shaking people, but he wasn't doing 
I think what I like about Mitchell, though, he can find the crease kind of like Frank. And I'm not saying he's Frank Gore. Frank used to get really skinny. Super skinny. Cut through. <laughs> Mitchell would get real. Th- Mitchell's getting skinny and cutting through these holes. Like, yes, he is. He's doing what he needs to do there. So he's, he's he has a um, I think his vision's getting better with more snaps. Right. We were complaining about, mm-hmm. hey, maybe you should cut this back outside. Maybe cut this back inside. Yesterday, he hit all the right holes, hit all the right lanes. Um, not yesterday, excuse me, Sunday. He hit all the right holes or all the right lanes and, and got some big gains yes on Sunday uh, versus the Bears. So Elijah Mitchell, um, he's probably the reason Sermon's not getting any touches. But I still wouldn't give hasty touches over Sermon. But that's another conversation for another day. Um, in this game, you see why Justin Fields was selected, uh, selected where he was selected and why a whole bunch of 49er fans like myself liked him. The Niners couldn't keep contain. They allowed a, over 100 yards rushing to Justin Fields. Is this more a factor of Aziz not playing and Demetrius Flanagan Foles out there and Tyrell Adams playing? Or is this just Justin Fields doing Justin Fields things? I think it's okay to say it's a mixture of both. Justin Fields is a phenomenal talent. The guy could have got drafted first round in, in baseball as well if he wanted to. He's just that kind of an athlete. Um, but yeah, it, it does have to do with Aziz not being in there. And hell, even without Dre being in there, because I... I, I that experience against these types of quarterbacks is huge. Remember, Aziz played against Kyler. He's played against Russ. He, he's played against these elusive quarterbacks. And hell, even Carson Wentz is a bit elusive from what we've seen when he's played against the 49ers. Um, these guys, Mitri is finding holes, and, and they just don't have that experience against these guys. And they're already in a tough spot, nervous as hell. And, and now you're going to give out athleticism like Justin Fields. It's not a good mixture for a guy, you know, just being out there fresh off the bench with barely any experience in the NFL. You got to learn these tackling angles as well. Learn these tackling angles. And that's that's what I mean by experience is they're not playing against a, a Justin Fields, you know, often type quarterback in the NFL. They're, yeah, you could play against a running back or excuse me, a running quarterback in college, but a lot of those guys don't make it to the NFL for a reason. And um, and you just got to learn those running lanes, those, you know, and, and stick to, you know, what you feel and what you're coached. And uh, I, I think that's what it comes down to, not having Aziz in there and seeing some of the other guys. Yeah, absolutely. But who who made up for it, though, was Talano Hufanga, who had himself a really good game. He was, I'm not saying he's better than Kwaski Tart, but he did have some really good angles on Sunday you know, stopping a lot of these runs. Uh, he had a miss. I think he missed maybe two or three tackles, but for the most part, he was where he needed to be, um, which was something I was concerned with because I was concerned with his coverage ability, right? I was concerned with his just regular, you know, he got a four seven forty, and I was concerned with that. But he takes a lot of the right angles and stops a lot of plays. So Hufunga had himself a good day on defense. I have a it, buddy who lives and breathes NFL draft you know, the transition from college to the NFL. He's a big USC guy as well. So, you know, Hufunga's his guy. And just a quick background story. He's the one who loved Fred Warner in the draft. Uh, he wanted Fred Warner on the Cowboys because he's a Cowboys fan as well. He wanted Fred Warner on the Cowboys. Instead, that year, they took Leighton Vanderesh in the first, and 49ers ended up with Fred Warner. He's like, this guy's going to be a stud. He's going to be one of the best linebackers in the NFL. That's happened. And what he tells me about Hufanga is Hufanga might have been the most instinctive player in the draft. And I think you're seeing that. 
you're, you're seeing how smart this kid is because that's kind of why he went where he went because it's it it's not because of his physical traits not because he's the fastest guy in the world it's not he didn't have the fastest shuttle three cone 40 um it's it's in between the ears for hufanga and you're seeing that because he's he's literally right there a lot of the times and you just love to see it yeah, we were recording this on a Tuesday morning draft uh, trade deadline. I'm monitoring um, what's going on. There's a lot of going on with Odell Beckham. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe sometimes oh, I'll record no. this. Show. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, Don't get me going. The 49ers did win on Sunday, 33-22. to 22. A couple of really good things that come out of this game. We're going to try to keep this mostly positive for the for this show. Last couple of weeks has been negative because, well, Niners really didn't have much to give us to be positive about. Um, as far as just the, the entirety of the team, the Niners total offense, 467 yards, passing yards, 322 rushing yards, 145. And the Niners average 8.6 yards per play on Sunday. This is, that was 2019 esque, right? That second half was exactly what you wanted from this 49ers team. And we've been asking for it since week one, right? Um, no turnovers for the 49ers. The Niners still had some stupid penalties, but no turnovers was a plus. And the Niners had four, four sacks. Dosa with two, Marcel Harris with one, and Ibukum, after the nonsense uh, roughing the passer call, ends up getting a sack on Justin Fields as well. Um, and then the Niners on third down, much improved from their low 30s, 40% third down, third down conversion um, against the Bears on Sunday. The only thing that was different about this performance as opposed to 2019, the Niners were almost minus nine in time of possession. That needs to come up. You need to control the clock against better teams. The Niners defense spent way too much time out there on Sunday. Um, at one point, Fred, Fred Warner went down, and I almost, I'm, I was going to say the S word, but I was almost crapped my pants. I was like, oh, no. Um, but there is, there, is, there is some room for improvement here. This is a must-needed win, and they got it. Any other takeaways from this game, Leo? Yeah, you were talking about the running attack, uh, like the outside zone, much much like 2009, or excuse me, yeah, 19. And so Elijah Mitchell had, well, the 49ers offense, not Elijah Mitchell directly, at seven carries outside of the tight end. So the tackle is on the outside of the, or excuse me, the tight end's on the outside of the tackle, and Elijah Mitchell runs outside the tight end. Seven carries for 68 yards. Easy math. Basically 10 yards a clip on seven carries. Elijah Mitchell had 18 carries in the game total. Um, let's get him more. Let's get him to 25. Let's get him to 25. And you talked about the time of possession. That's how you put it in your favor. Give Elijah Mitchell seven more carries per game. And I think you'll see the time of possession go the 49ers way. Or or give Sermon those other seven carries? <laughs> no, give, give them to Elijah Mitchell. Give Michael Hasty's carries to Trey Sermon. Breaking news, Leo. Breaking news. 49ers. The Texans are trading young pass rusher Charles Amenehu to the 49ers in exchange for a future late rounder. The former fifth rounder who has been an intriguing trade name for weeks has a new landing spot. The 49ers have made a trade. Charles Amenehu, he is a kid from Texas, if I remember correctly. Um, so this is this is awesome for the show. The Niners added another pass rusher. So 
is D Ford's injury more serious if they're adding another pass rusher? Because you have Jordan Willis, you have Bukum and Bosa. Maybe D Ford's concussion is more serious considering he's had a neck and a back issue over the last two years. At this point, what the 49ers got from D Ford, I see as a blessing. Um, so I'm not as concerned by that because I didn't have high expectations. What I'm more concerned is Samson Ibukon not flowing within this defense and, and not just merging as one of the guys. He barely got his first sack of the season, and they've essentially got rid of Kedrick Bourne to get Ibukum, and he's just not playing at a high level. Um, so you invested resources to sign him. You could have went and probably got the same contract from Marcus Golden. I think Marcus Golden from the Cardinals is actually making less than Ibukum, and now you have to go do some draft capital to go get Charles Menehu, who looks like he has four quarterback hits on the season, 12 hurries, um, zero sacks. Uh, but that looks like it's, you know, he, he he's just a rotational edge rusher. He's not getting a full amount of, of you know, pass rush duties. We'll, we'll see. Uh, PFF has him rated as an 80.3, which is in the green as a pass rusher. So that's always something to highlight, even though he has no sacks. But, you know, we'll see uh, what happens with him. He he is a Texas Longhorn. You should know that being in Texas yourself. So good job on you. He's a 24 years old, 6'5", 280. So he's a big boy. Um, This is interesting. I I did not see them going to go get a Charles Imenehu. I did think about if a pass rusher was more important than corner. Uh, because you know, obviously, if D Ford's in a missed time, you just got Nick Bosa out there, who's a who's a real threat, and you know maybe Eric Armstead, but you like him a little more on, on at the three tech on third pa- third down passing downs. So we'll we'll see what happens. I, I don't have high expectations for Manu. Who, like I'm not saying he's going to go out there and you know get like five sacks with the 49ers, but hey, you know I'd rather have you over Arden Key at this point though. Yes, Arden Key has been uh, like he, he. He's a cheap sign, so it's fine. But yeah, it's it's fine. He wasn't no you know free agent on a silver platter. But I did like the kid coming out of LSU. I do like his frame, six five two thirty eight. Um, yet he has zero sacks as well. And what PFF has him as a pass rushing specialist. At his pass rushing grade is 56.5. So way down compared to what Imenuhu's putting. Kind of the same around the same snap counts as Imenuhu, a little less. Um, but he does have only three quarterback hurries compared to Imenuhu's 12. So Imenuhu has four times the quarterback hurries. And now you're going to pair Imenuhu with the Nick Bosa, with an Eric Armstead. So look, now I'm just convincing myself to like this deal even a little more. Uh, do we do we have an idea of what the what the return is for Houston? Uh, I said in, in exchange for a future late round, a future late rounder. So maybe like a 2023 fifth or sixth, maybe even uh, seventh. At this I don't point. know. They, they said that about Von Miller. Next thing you know, it ended up being a two and a three. <laughs> yeah, but Von Miller is a lot a lot more accomplished than uh, Charles. Right. Um, yeah. See, and then even with six games, so. Yeah. Even if Bukum has only 12 quarterback hurries to Amenihu's, or excuse me, seven quarterback hurries to Amenihu's 12. Um, so you combine Ebucon 
and Arden Key, you get many use, you know, production. So you're getting that out of one player. I, I do like this this trade from the 49ers. Well, we'll I do think it was, it was a bit of a need. We talked about the corner and everything, but how, how do you help out your corners? How do you protect those guys? By getting more pass rush. So you're a better corner. That's also <laughs> getting a better corner. Yeah. I, I, I have a corner in mind. I yeah, we'll get there. Uh-huh. Charles and who combine number is 40 yard dash 4.92. Um, 20 yard split, 2.86, and a 10 yard split of 1.71. Uh, so he does have a really good get off when you need him in a pinch. Um, I like it. It's going to be a rotational depth piece. I would assume. If any, we can see him at a lot of three tech, maybe. Yeah. I would assume that we rotate him around and maybe don't see it anymore. We don't see as much as Arden Key anymore at this point because Arden Key just gets washed out consistently. Um, so there's, this is a positive trade for the 49ers. They are trying to make a move. They are looking to do add a few pieces here. Um, who knows what else they'll add. Um, but to finish up on the game, because sorry to interrupt on all that, 33-22 um, was the final. They, the Niners came through. The running attack came through. And I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from all this game was Kyle Shanahan was sequencing his plays better. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone all week was, is Kyle in a rut? I, I said it. I thought he was in a rut. Is Kyle in a rut? Is Kyle a bad coach? I never thought he was a bad coach. I thought he was a bad manager of people. But this week seemed very, very much like, hey, Kyle Shanahan's in his bag. He's sequencing his calls. He's not trying to force a, you know, a square peg into a round hole. It just wasn't, it wasn't that. He's like, look, I'm going to keep running this ball. Boom, boom, boom. Here comes this. And then I'm going to run this backside play action with, with Jimmy to Debo or, or Charlie Warner across the middle. Whatever he needed to do, he was sequencing much better. So the, the, the defense for the Bears was off schedule or was, you know, just off, pretty much off all second quarter or second half. Mm-hmm. So a big, the biggest thing out of this is, is Kyle back. And I think Kyle might be back. Just put the hat back on, Kyle. I think this 49ers team might be back. You know, obviously that equates to Kyle, but it, he you could only do so much as a play caller and your players got to execute and they got to be willing to execute and not say the week before against the Colts, Jimmy Garoppolo said in his presser, uh, we got to go out there and execute whatever play is being called. Hmm. That, that seems a little cryptic to me. Maybe you don't agree with the play calls, but I don't want to get you know on that conversation. But it looks like they have their swagger back. Like, like you just saw them have that fight, have that will, ready to go out there and take the dub, no matter what it took from each other. And I think they may be back. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but seeing what I saw that game, those guys were hungry, and I haven't seen that look in a very, very long time. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. So hopefully, hopefully they really next two off. You know, no. Maybe no Kyler Murray. Maybe you can get the Rams um, and get yourself back into this. Uh, today is the trade deadline. Obviously, the 49ers already made a trade, and we were going to go over some unrealistic and realistic scenarios in the trade offers. Uh, Leo, you you know, we said you said you needed a corner. So, what is your unrealistic and then realistic trade offers? Okay, so my unrealistic trade is going to be a wide receiver. Um, because they don't really need that. I, I do like the pieces that they have. So 
I'm going to go Odell Beckham Jr. as my guy. Yes, I'm going to say my guy. LeBron James said, free OBJ. Let him prove that he's still special. Wide receiver one. Yes, free OBJ. Free him to Kyle Shanahan. Free him to the Niners. You're talking about IU making his not making his routes look all the same, so that's why his separation isn't that huge as to expectations. Go get a wide receiver then. Go get Odell Beckham. See this offense flourish. You now now your weapons are. Well, let, let me ask you what sounds better: Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Odell Beckham with George Kittle, or Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Muhammad Sanu, and George Kittle. I, I think option A is the best <laughs> scenario there for the 49ers. And um, obviously this is unrealistic because his contract is going to be $14 million for the next two seasons. I don't see the 49ers paying that much for a receiver not named Debo Samuel um, in the future. So it's unrealistic. As much as I want that to happen, like like he, he could be Emmanuel Sanders like offense. Like just just imagine if you open up the offense with an Odell Beckham. We're talking thirty points a game here with this team. Elijah Mitchell in the backfield, thirty points a game with this offense. I don't care who's at quarterback, it's thirty points a game. And now it's now it's down to sad boy hours. My sad boy hours is because it's not Odell Beckham as my realistic trade. My realistic trade is going to be cornerback. Steven Nelson. He from Philly? Was from Philly. He was with the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. They released him over contract issues. He signed a $3 million deal with Philly this offseason. And I'll tell you what, Steven Nelson is an upgrade over Josh Norman. Guess what? For it's It sucks because first thing I look at is, okay, how many penalties does the guy have? Um, that's where the 49ers cornerback room is right now. I'm looking at penalties more than receptions allowed. Steven Nelson has two penalties to Josh Norman, six. And Steven Nelson's played more, you know, coverage downs than Josh Norman. And Josh Norman still has four more than him. Um, and then you're looking at the production from that standpoint. Josh Norman has a higher NFL passer rating against. Josh Norman has two more touchdowns against. And over the past two weeks against the Colts, Josh Norman targeted seven times, allowed six receptions. Chicago Bears targeted six times, allowed five receptions. I, I think it's time. The you know the the interception was a great moment. I loved it. I was happy for Josh, um, but I think it's time. I think it's time. Uh, let's let's go get Steven Nelson. His contract is really cheap. He's a free agent at the end of the year, so draft capital. Maybe you're looking at a future six uh, at most. Maybe a future fifth. I'm not opposed to either one of them. You know how much I love Odell Beckham. You know. I've been waiting for that since I've some, been some, summer 2012. Been remember, if we all remember, going into the 2019 season, and I think Tim Kawakami nailed it. He nailed it that the Niners were going to acquire Odell Beckham and D Ford. Right? They got the D Ford trade done, and then, boom, Odell becomes a Cleveland Brown because Gettleman never let the Niners make another offer. So Odell should have been a Niner in 2019. But... I am all for Odell Beckham being a 49er. You can, I would, I would fly him myself from Cleveland to Santa Clara and I'd send Sanu and Sherfield packing like, all right, bye. See you later. Cause I would love that combination of Debo, Odell and Ayuk with Kittle. You have so many creative things you can do there. 
Now, the Steven Nelson thing, it's practical. It makes a lot more sense. And yes, the Niners need to do something about their cornerback position because Josh Norman is not it. Like I said weeks ago, it didn't move the needle for me. All he does is hold and cause PIs, and he's he he plays way more aggressive than he should, considering his age, considering his speed. It is time to hopefully find himself another corner. Um, Ambry Thomas does not seem to be like the guy. And then where is Lenore? Like let 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 the rookie play here. Um, but on my end, my dream scenario. And I know we can't afford it. There's no way we can afford the contract. This man is going to be an eagle for life, but I would love a Fletcher Cox. Bring me Fletcher Cox with Armstead and Bosa. And you have a, like you said before the show, a three tech, a three technique that can split a double team or demand a triple team. And now you got one-on-ones all the way across the board and a free runner. And you create so much havoc. Um, the Niners couldn't trade for this contract. It's just too large. And the Eagles aren't going to eat more money than they need to because they're already eating most of Carson Wentz's contract in that Colts trade. But if there was ever a trade that needed to be made, I would love to have Fletcher Cox in San Francisco lining up next to Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa. Now, the more realistic one, Shelby Harris or a Taven Bryan, um, Jaguars defensive tackle, the Niners already made a defensive tackle, defensive end trade today for a Menihu, but Taven Bryan would be another guy. He's cheap. He's young. He's not going to cost much if you need to extend him next year. Taven Bryan would be another guy because the Niners are going to need a rotational death piece. Ken Law's out for the season. Mo Hurst, unfortunately, his career, it just he just can't stay healthy. The guy just, we were hoping that he could stay healthy, but he just can't. You know, now it's a calf issue. He was seen in a walking boot a couple weeks ago unfortunate for him that you know his career is just riddled with injuries go get yourself another guy like a Taven Bryan who can fill that role depth piece because the Niners do have a, a good front four like if they're first four yeah after the first four they have enough depth but you're going to still need maybe one or two more defensive tackles um, especially with the way that these guys are falling um, DJ Jones is outstanding this year Armstead Bosa and then Ibukum, they've been pretty good all year. D Ford, who knows what's going on with his concussion. He's already had a back and a neck issue. So I would definitely look into another defensive tackle if the Niners are going to make another trade today. Since they already executed one, um, maybe they maybe they still still continue to build that defensive line or maybe trade for a safety, which is something that would be ideal. Marcus May is still out there. I would make that trade yesterday. So you would make that trade and base essentially it'll bench Hufunga. Yep. You would still do that. Absolutely. Okay. Marcus May's a better player. At what cost? What what would be your Well, I mean the Jets, I mean, Robert Sala owes Kyle Shanahan everything. So like listen, Rob, <laughs> listen. Take this fifth round pick, okay? And don't even worry about it. Like, don't even think about it. Just here you go. Give us Marcus May. But yeah, no, I mean I would I, I can't sit sit here and say bench Hufunga because once Tart is back off IR, I'm assuming Tart goes back in the starting lineup anyways. Tart's just a better coverage guy. Hufunga seems to be much better versus the run um, and, and, you know, the backside stuff. So I still like Tart, but I would still think about getting a safety in there because think about it. If Jimmy Ward is injured for an extended period of time, they said it's one to two weeks. So in Niner terminology, that's what, four to six? Okay, yeah. So you're going to need a safety. Yeah, you're going to need a safety. You're you're right on all that. Yeah, I think it's time. Should we get to the uh, 
Should we get to the to the buy lease walk off? Okay, let's get to it. Because I gotta get to work. It's all right. <laughs> no, it's fine. You're, you're late. I'll I'll sign it off. So I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and talk about this. I'm gonna let you play the clip. Buy lease walk, Javi. It's better to lose with Trey Lance than win with Jimmy Garoppolo. I know it's crazy, but Damon Bruce said this of ninety five seven the game, San Francisco Bay Area radio. Um. Better to lose with Lance than win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Go ahead and cut the clip, and I'll let you speak on it. The Chicago Bears banked valuable experience for their rookie quarterback, while the 49ers rookie quarterback and their quarterback of the future doesn't have a present and is not doing anything to prepare for a better future. I would rather watch the Niners lose games with Trey Lance than win games with Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. That's just how I personally feel about it. I know what the Garoppolo cycle is. He plays poorly. Everybody wants him gone. The team gets desperate. They play that worthy underdog card. They rally behind Garoppolo, who has a big game against a bad team. Everyone starts to believe in him again. And then he has a bad game. And everyone starts to doubt him again. And then all of a sudden, they rally around him again. And then all of a sudden, they go out and they beat a bad team. And everyone believes in him again. And now everything's good again until he plays poorly again. And the cycle never really ends with this guy. You can't snap the cycle if you don't turn the page to the rookie. Okay. There is so much to unpack there. So much. Do I agree with him on the back end of his rant? Yes, you can't break the cycle until you turn the page. And this cycle is going to continue, right? Because for the most part, our listeners and you and I understand what Jimmy Garoppolo is, right? This is Mm -hmm. cool. He beat a bad Bears team. Right, cool. He beat a bad Lions team. Cool. He beat a bad Eagles team. But Green Bay, Arizona, I'm sorry, Green Bay, Seattle, those are losses. Indy, bad team, not really that good. Losses. So these that's that cycle, right? He's gonna play good. We're gonna rally around him. Oh yeah, it's our guy, and then boom, he has a bad game or he's inconsistent enough, and the Niners are struggling. The Chicago Bears were able to do what they're able to do with Justin Fields because the the Bears don't have any commitment to Andy Dalton, right? Financially, they weren't committed that much. And then, of course, he wasn't, he, he was a free agent signing. He wasn't, you know, a guy who's been there for multiple years where the fan base had some type of emotional attachment to him. So, yes, the Bears had an easier transition to a Justin Fields. Whereas with Jimmy Garoppolo, the fan base, there's a large contingent of the fan base who loves this guy, who thinks that this guy is a top 10, top 12 quarterback. That's not the case. So it makes it tough. So Kyle Shanahan, as we've spoken about plenty of times, he's had to manage a locker room. He's got to manage a fan base. He's got to manage a whole bunch of stuff with this QB decision. Now, is Trey Lance sitting helping his development? I don't think so because we've seen him play, and as he played, he got better. How much better is he getting sitting on the bench? How much better would Trey Lance have been had he started from week one? How much better would Trey Lance would have been had they said, hey, Trey, this team is yours now training camp you're going to get all the reps with the ones how much better would he be week eight now as opposed to week eight next year right because either way you're going to have these lumps you're going to take with a with a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback who didn't get many snaps in his rookie year so i understand his premise and his point do i want the niners to lose games absolutely not do i think trey lance can win games for you yes because we saw him play the arizona cardinals and nearly pull it off in his first start Right, He struggled a little bit, kind of settled in, had some struggles, settled it back in. So with Trey, it's very clear 
you need him to play to get better. And we're watching Justin Fields, who had his probably his best game of his career on Sunday versus a decent 49er defense. He looked good in a loss, right? Like, that's what you're looking for. You want to see these glimpses. And I think Steve Young said it best. You got to crawl your way through it. Just, he, you know, these guys will show you that they can, they can make things happen. And Fields, for the most part, was kicking the Niners' ass on Sunday. That first half, Justin Fields was dominating. Running the ball, throwing the ball all over the place, and making these Niners' defense, you know, just they were flustered for a, little, a good period of time there. Second half, he, he got a little bit inconsistent with his ball placement, but he still made plays, and he had them within striking distance to win, right? The Fields almost pulled it off on Sunday. So with Lance, it's like, we know the Jimmy Garoppolo thing has an expiration date. We don't know when that expiration date exists. To me, I feel like it's the Jags game right now. Like, that is the game. Like, if the Niners lose the Rams game and, and Jimmy plays terribly, mm-hmm. you should start Trey against the Jags. Like, it should be right there. That should be it. Cut it off. But I don't, I don't, I don't buy the whole, I'd rather watch the Niners lose with Lance than win with Jimmy because... Kyle Shanahan is not thinking like that. Kyle Shanahan is 32 and 39. He's seven games under 500. You think Kyle wants to remain under 500 this long, this much longer? No, he doesn't. And we, we all heard the chatter all week last week. Kyle should be fired. Kyle should be doing this. Kyle needs to do that. Like, no, Kyle's going to want to win games. And it, I don't, I don't agree with him that Jimmy gives you the best chance to win, but if that's what he feels, then we got to just ride with it at this point. The difference of this situation is the 49ers are not the freaking Bears to where the 49ers, they are built to win this season. And to say, I would rather lose, or excuse me, I would, yeah, I would rather lose with Trey Lance than win with Jimmy Garoppolo. For what? Yes, I get the development aspect i've been preaching it for how many weeks on this show but if there is a like if there's a clear route to win which there isn't for the 49ers with both quarterbacks you take that clear route but if we're just talking strictly wins and losses i don't care who's under center i just want to win i don't care how that looks i don't care if they're all one point victories I don't give a damn. Just give me the victory, get me to the playoffs, and let's see what happens. So I I just think it's complete ludicrous. The 49ers are not the Bears to be, you know, within their roster. The 49ers have a hell of a better roster. The 49ers have a hell of a better coaching staff. So I, I get the parallels he's trying to make, but it just doesn't fit. Sometimes... The, the square block does not fit in the triangle circle or hole. There we go. Sometimes it just does not fit. So let's not make it fit when it doesn't need to. And it's not just Damon Bruce. I do it myself plenty of times on a daily basis. But th- that was probably the one thing 95-7 the game shouldn't have promoted. But hey, clicks is clicks. Good for them. Let's go ahead and, and move on to the next one. 49ers already bought here at the trade deadline here. Yes, but they did. bought for now and the future because he's under contract for next year at just a million dollars. Charles Menny, who that is. So since they took someone on, 
should the 49ers sell? Maybe an extra depth piece, maybe a guy they don't necessarily need for, you know, the future of this team. Should they sell maybe a interior defensive lineman, an edge, maybe just, you know, try to flip somebody for, it'll most likely be, we're talking about six round at best for one of these guys, maybe, you know, a guard or, or someone. What do you think? Um, the only person the Niners should sell right now is the guy under center. Oh, Javi, come on. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, because the other, the other stuff, they need these depth pieces. So, no, I don't think they're going to be sellers if they bought today. Like, obviously, they, they made a trade. Now, it's not a humongous trade, but they made a trade that they, they felt they needed to make and something that gave them an opportunity to get better, a position in need. If the Niners were to sell, it's probably going to be – it probably should be Garoppolo but they probably won't do that either. Um, other guys, I mean, you can't really trade Norman. You can't trade Fitzpatrick. You can't trade Tart or Ward. You know, those guys are, especially Ward, you're not trading him. But you're not going to trade Tart. He's on IR. Zach Kerr, maybe? Like, do you trade Zach Kerr away? What, what would you get from him? A late, late fifth, sixth rounder? rounder? Maybe in 2023, get that, recoup that back. Um, offensively, you know, do you, do you move with Trent Sherfield? Probably not, because you need that. Um, Sanu, he had a good game on Sunday. You know, maybe maybe you're moving him, but even then, no one's trading for Sanu at this point in his career. I just don't think the Niners have many pieces to sell. Like, could you sell McGlinchey? No. Right? Like, it's just, it's a tough spot for the Niners to be sellers. It's just like, it, the only way you sell McGlinchey is if Jalen Moore was ready to play right tackle, and he's not. Mm-hmm. And that's just where I'm at with them. The only the only viable selling option is Garoppolo. And I don't think they're going to do it. And COVID's a real thing. One of yeah. Trent Williams tested positive on Saturday evening or Sunday morning. And now you're without Jalen Moore playing left tackle. Who's going to play left tackle at that point? So you don't ship off McGlinchey. You, you're probably not going to get what you want anyways at this point. So best not do it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. There's, I don't think there'd be sellers. So no, I'm, I'm walking the line on this one. Okay. Uh, buy lease, walk the lot. 49ers should buy a corner. I talked about it a little earlier. Now let's hear from you. Should the 49ers buy a corner here at the at the deadline? They already gave up some draft capital, but maybe they're feeling like the Rams a little bit and they don't give a damn. Um. Yeah, the Niners shouldn't give a damn about these draft picks because they keep missing on the early ones, and then the ones that they get right, they don't even let them play. So just use your picks to go get better players. Javi Vega from the top rope. <laughs> uh, use your picks to get better players. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Steven Nelson. I'm with uh, the Kyle Fuller trade. Maybe a Cam Dantzler, right? Like, those are viable options. You have to upgrade this cornerback position because, I'm sorry, Norman stinks. Fitzpatrick stinks. Um, Emmanuel Mosley has not been playing that great. He's had some really bad games. Um, they need to do something here with their cornerback position. If you want to make a run or you want to make some type of noise in the playoffs, you're going to need to upgrade the cornerback position. I don't care how many pass rushes you have. If Stafford and Rodgers and those guys are getting the ball on 2.5 seconds and you can't cover for those 2.5 seconds, you're going to get cooked. And we've seen that. We've gotten cooked. So maybe trade for a better corner. Send something for someone. Steven Nelson's a decent corner. Cam Dancer's okay. And um, Kyle Fuller's had a off year, but those are all three of those guys are improvements over Josh Norman. So yeah, 
they should buy on a corner at some point if they are committed to making a playoff run. At this point, it's just a matter of getting to the playoffs. Like, you need to upgrade that position because Norman is not it. Like I said, when they first made this trade, man, 2015, Leo was happy, but, or signing, excuse me. 2015, Leo was happy. 2021, Leo was meh. 49ers are one game under 500. They do have a few games here coming up in this month of November. Total of four. And as I look on that, what do the 49ers need to finish? By lease, walked a lot. The 49ers will finish 3-1 and one in the month of November. I am selling. Because I don't think they beat the Rams. And if Kyler's playing, I'm not certain if they beat the Cardinals. So I think they okay, go. Okay, if Kyler's not playing. If Kyler's you think, not you think playing. At this moment, you think he'll play? I think he's going to play. Okay. We have six days before that game. Um, I, trust me, I want them to win <laughs> three of the next four. Um, but you got the Cardinals, the Rams, the Jags, the Vikings, right? You play the Cardinals at home. You got the, you got you got three home games, and then one game across the country in Florida for a ten a.m. start, essentially. Um, Which the 49ers are three and one on the road. Yeah, they're three and one in the road, so they should be able to beat the Jags. Jags stink. The Cardinals, if there's no Kyler Murray, it is possible that you beat them because Colt McCoy has been in the league forever. I don't expect him to be anything different than what he's always been. So, yes, you can probably beat the the Rams. I'm, I'm sorry. You could probably beat the Cardinals with Colt McCoy. Kyler is a different story, especially with no Jimmy Ward. That's the thing that concerns me the most. If Jimmy's not playing, that's a big deal, and it's undervalued of what he does. I don't care about his non-turnovers. I care about his sure tackling and coverage because he's one of the best in the league. That's going to be missed. Last time I checked, they got Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and Zach Ertz. Tavon Wilson and Hufanga don't do it for me as far as safeties and coverage. So that's a concern. Um, But if it's Colt McCoy, I like our chances. So if it's Colt McCoy, then yes, we can beat the Cardinals. The Rams, we're losing against the Rams. I'm sorry. I don't think we can I don't think we can hang with Stafford. But Javi, the 49ers have their number, man. They're they're undefeated the past two years against them. The Jared Goff ran Rams are 0-4 against the Niners. This is Matthew Stafford. This is a different beast. So I'm gonna go Cardinals win, Rams lost, Jaguars win. Now the Vikings one is is the one. It's Kirk Cousins. We we all know Kyle Shanahan has a love affair with Kirk Cousins. Which Kirk shows up is my question. If it's good Kirk, then, man, that's that's a good game. If it's bad Kirk, then the Niners should win. I think the Niners go 2-2 two and two here, beat the Cardinals, beat the Jags, and then lose to the Vikings and the Rams. So they go 2-2. Two and two. All right. Hey, I'm going to say 49ers 3-1 and one on this one. I believe. Okay. I believe we will win. So three and one, I got the max. That works. I don't know. I don't know if I could buy my own question, but I'm gonna buy it. Because <laughs> then after that, I mean, you, they do. They need to go three and one because then you got Seattle. Russell's probably back. You got the Bengals, who are probably gonna be, you know, competing for a division title uh, in the AFC North. Falcons stink. Titans no Derrick Henry. Texans to finish, and then you got the Rams one more time. So, yeah, they need to go 3-1. and one. Will they? That's the question. Um, that should do it for today. 
49ers are currently buying. So we'll see what else gets done today. Uh, make sure you follow everything on Twitter at Niners Nation. Um, Rob and the guys will have you guys covered if anything else happens. And as always, I'm Javi. That is Leo. Follow us on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. And then follow my guy Leo here at LeoLuna93. Uh, we'll be back next week to re to recap the 49ers and Cardinals game and any other happenings in 49 land. Um, hopefully the Niners do remain healthy the rest of the week through practice. And we hopefully see some Trey Lance against the Cardinals. I think we will. Um, but until next week, everyone stay safe. Go Niners. Peace.